Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. This is the Rehumanizing Project from Good Morning Liberty. Anytime you're ready, man, you can tell us who you are, where you're from, and just a little bit about you so we so we know who we're talking to here. Cool. Uh, well, my name's Sean Margulie. Uh I live in Los Angeles, California, sadly. All right. <laughs> and um, I grew up in California my entire life, moved from a few different cities, but mostly stayed in the LA area. Had a pretty, I was brought up in a conservative family i would say my mom switched over from more of the left side to conservative after or during obama so your mom switched too Mm, no she's to conservative not really libertarian okay gotcha yeah i'm the only libertarian in the family (laughs) it's it's crazy my mom's conservative my sister is socialist for some reason i know how it feels (laughs) <laughs> oh, your family members are socialist? Yeah, well, I have at least a couple of them. Uh, uh, hardcore, pretty hardcore socialist. My sister's the same way. And, uh, well, my dad passed away 10 years ago, mm. but he was, I mean, I was, I'm 23. I was only 13 at the time he passed away. But from my mom, from what my mom told me, he was definitely on the conservative side because he moved from Israel came here from israel and he just he just loved the country so much that he didn't want because there's apparently to him there was a big government a bigger government in israel and he just wanted nothing to do with it he just he just liked the idea of small government that's and freedom so that's why he came here which is why he enjoyed it so much you typically see that a lot from people who come from other countries that they they kind of like the idea of coming to the u.s because of the smaller government and more freedom aspect. Yeah. It's uh, interesting to to hear about people that come from those places. So just before we get in too deep, like what what do you do for a living right now? Are you going to college? What's uh I am currently a HVACer, air conditioning service technician. And I'm going to trade school for it. But I started going to trade school a little late, so I pretty much know everything that they're teaching. But I'm doing it basically just to get my certifications. Yes, you've already had a lot of on-the-job training. Just need so to get I that was paperwork. Actually, in the Marine Corps for two years, and uh, I got medically separated, and I kind of hopped into it, uh, HVAC, right as I got out. So you'd spent two years in the Marines, and yes. um, did were you, you know, full full time with that? Did you get Yes, I was active duty. I was actually uh, I didn't get to travel anywhere, but I was on a um a pre-deployment workup, so I was about to go to Okinawa. Okay. Nice. And how did that how did the 2 years in the Marines um shape 
your thoughts or anything like that? Did it have a did it have a great impact on on how you yes. think about things? Yes. Uh I just started to notice that like they made it out to be what it wasn't and you just slowly start or I slowly started to realize that I'm more of just like the state's pawn. I all my rights get taken away. I realize that they have the pay system is more of like a socialist style pay system where everyone gets paid the same and then depending on how high you are, you get that same pay increased along with everybody. Yeah. So that kind of like, oh, wow, I don't want this for the country. And then I started to see how the more conservatives are starting to lean towards bigger government. And I just wanted to steer way clear of that. And I was more of a, I, I guess you could say a constitutionalist conservative. So I didn't mm-hmm. agree with mostly everything that they preached. <laughs> and then, I, oh, my old coworker, he was there. He was working for the company right as I started, and he moved to Colorado like two weeks after I started, and he was libertarian, and he was really the one who like introduced it to me and just started going over like what the party is or not like philosophy or party is, and I just I just saw that line up more with my beliefs. So would you say that you were you were kind of in a place where you weren't sure exactly um what you what you believed but you knew there had to be some better way there had to be some a better explanation Yes. Or... Yeah, I I can say that cuz I was thinking back then when I was a conservative I was like there's no way that these two this two party system that's all I have there has to be a better option. And then he brought up libertarianism right as I got out and I was like, "Oh wow." This is exactly what I like. What my beliefs are. I wonder if uh, do you think that being in the Marines had a big thing to do with you switching over to being a libertarian? It's like maybe if you wouldn't have been in the Marines, you think you'd still be a, a conservative in some kind of way, and maybe doing that kind of push you over the edge. Yes, I could say being in the Marines definitely sped up the process of transitioning. <laughs> yeah. Um, especially from talking to all like my NC, my staff NCOs and NCOs who've actually were, are, were in war and telling them, just telling, or telling me their stories are just, it's not worth it. I don't know why we're here. They're, they're basically using us for big government's own uses, not really for freedom. Yeah. That, that kind of a lot, it's a lot of what. Dr. Jorgensen is talking about right now. And then she's also talking mm-hmm. about, you know, the military industrial complex, which is obviously a big deal. You've got to, you've got to be able to see that there is a massive financial incentive for keeping these things going all the time. Um, I, I really like that. She's, she's done some great ads talking about that. And her, her and Spike have done a great job talking about that. Um, that's kind of something that, the war part's kind of something that people don't seem to care as much about all that much anymore. You know, like the left used to be super anti-war. Yeah. And I feel like, I don't know. I feel like it's more just along political lines now. Like uh, they're not super anti-war right now because, um, you know, they don't, they don't need to be politically really. Trump has actually been, uh, of course, we're still dropping bombs, but 
Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> I mean, it, to me, it would be, it'd be tough to say that he hasn't been better than a lot of the previous presidents. <laughs> if there's a way to Very be better, true. if there, if being less worse is better, you know, when it comes, you told you said you had a sister that was a socialist. And I mean, where yes. do you think you guys differ on how you want to help people or how you see these politics playing out? Like, why do you think, why do you think she's a socialist? And why do you think you guys skewed differently? I've talked to her a few times about it. She tries to put it off because she just doesn't like talking about politics, even though she is pretty political. Uh, she just believes, I think, what most socialists believe, that food, money, a place to live is all like a guaranteed human right, and the, the government should provide it because I don't think she knows that a free market or yeah, free market could provide it. Yeah, I mean, we, we've, especially when it comes to, I mean, look at food. We talk about a lot. We've, we all have to have food. Every single person on the planet yeah. needs to have food. And, and we've got, we've got a, an overeating problem in the, in the U.S. Uh, there's not really a, a starvation problem mm-hmm. in the U.S. Yeah. The, the food is too ready, readily available <laughs> almost. That's in, in most Western countries. Yeah. 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 So do you think, I mean, you guys both, but, but you, do you talk to her about the fact that you also have to want, you want the same things, right? Like you want people no, to have yeah. food and housing and, and all that, of course. you know? <laughs> yeah. And I've tried to explain it to her, like in more of a, a capitalist free market, like a, a, a true free market capitalist economy would make people overeat a lot more (laughs) one um housing would go way cheaper because no taxes plus it would be it'd probably be cheaper not just because of the taxes but the overall market for it would be more capable of driving down prices on yes all types of things you'd have more, Mm -hmm. more materials available each each line less regulations and coding exactly yeah yeah uh um it's you know, one of the things we we want to try to get across to people is that we all really want the the same things. You know, we we all want mm-hmm. people to have food and water and clothing and housing and all that kind of stuff. Um, we just have a difference on how we get there. You, you know, you say you you lean libertarian or you have libertarian ideals, and you know, you're not some monster who is um, who is selfishly wanting uh, the pot of gold for himself so so what you know who are you um definitely especially with all currently now well and ever since i've been alive just all of the information and videos of just total government overreach i mean you have examples of any every socialist country but um just i guess destroying minorities morale in a way i don't know if that makes sense because the individual is obviously the 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 minority um i don't know just bringing everyone's morale down having no one would want to contribute to society everyone's just going to work day to day in essence like a like a discouragement of the minority in the essence of um everyone else is keeping you down you can't do it on your own so you need us to save you in a way or to where it's the point where it's kind of impossible to save us because government's gotten so big it's impossible to either overthrow or reconstruct it to make 
living better, I guess. Basically, <laughs> communism or socialism is the short answer. <laughs> That's the that. big fear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Because I mean, I mean, personally, in my opinion, we've, we're straying pretty close to socialism. If not, we already have a lot of socialist policies in the government. Yeah, I mean, I, I think we've, I think we've been pretty close to that for, for a bit. I think we even stray on the on the fascism side of things, and we talk about that a lot. Not, we don't mean on the, um, you know, putting Jews in prison camps or anything type of thing. Yeah. <laughs> but on the <laughs> the economic side of the government controlling private businesses and yeah, and telling them what they can and can't do. Mm -hmm. uh, that's that's pretty close to it. So following up to that, um, you know, if you could, let's say you could have what you wanted, and I'll steal this from Jordan Peterson, but let's say you could have what you wanted in five years. You know, what does that look like? Um, you, do you want a family? You want to be married in five years? You want to be dating in five years? Um, you you want to be single the rest of your life? What, you know, what is, um, what does five years look like for you if you could have everything you wanted, if you could manifest what you wanted? Um, personally, I would say definitely a family, a stable income. I think that those two would really be it. Not having to, also not having to, uh, just honestly, just living in peace, not having to worry about anyone interrupting or putting my liberty in danger would be nice, including you know, government. But you being a libertarian, you, the notion is if, you know, Democrats hate Republicans because they think Republicans want to kill immigrants and Republicans hate Democrats because they think Democrats want to, you know, institute communism and, and, uh, prison camps or, or the gulags or whatever. I don't know. I, I guess I was raised more on the religious side. I've, I try, I, I've gone to church sometimes. Um, I just believe in the whole nuclear family. Um, Do you think that brings people closer together? I believe it does. Yeah. So talk about your childhood a little bit, um, if you don't mind. I know you said yeah, you know, your dad passed away 10 years ago. We're sorry to hear that. Um, but talk about you know growing up uh, with your mom and your dad and then uh, how things transitioned if they did after your father passed and, and what kind of impacts that leaves on you and and how that kind of shapes your future definitely when i was growing up with my mom and dad we like a middle class family we were doing pretty well my dad had his own business so i guess i could say i was pretty spoiled before i was 13 mm -hmm. um so i got mostly what i wanted I, I had to work for it with chores and stuff uh after my dad passed away Almost immediately, I had to become a lot more, I guess, independent. You had to grow up a lot? Yes, a lot, because the family or the business went bankrupt because my mom didn't know how to run it. We were struggling for a little bit because my mom had to find a job again. So I kind of had to like, oh, wake up in the morning, make my own lunch, walk myself to school because it was pretty close, take care of my sister. I had to do that a lot because my mom was constantly looking for work because she hadn't worked in ten years. Mm. What did uh, What did your dad do for a living? Uh, he owned a marble and tile 
installation company. Okay. Nate knows a thing or 12 about that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for sure. I'm working on some tile right now. So Ooh, always uh, for your house? Yeah, yeah. yeah always, I'm always working on my kitchen. <laughs> there's, always, <laughs> there's always something to do in the kitchen, for sure. <laughs> um, yeah, I did construction for a few years and um, had a construction business for, for a little bit. So that's definitely tough work. Do you think you picked up some some work ethic from from your parents? Definitely. Um, growing up, thirteen and on, I don't really remember much. From I mean, I remember it quite a bit from when my dad was alive, but not really the small details of his work ethic and stuff. I do remember going to his office and helping him work, uh, like looking at blueprints and stuff. But yeah, after it was just me and my mom and my sister. Uh, just seeing my mom working 16 hours a day, just trying to keep the house up, was tough. And it, I guess you could say it motivated me to try to aspire to be like her. Mm. And then that um, ultimately pushed me into the Marine Corps because a lot of my friends are saying it's the toughest thing they've ever done in their life, and it made them it completely transformed them when they got out in a better way, which I also, I think I, besides my political change views changing, I could say that joining the Marine Corps as well, definitely improved my worth ethic a bunch and just integrity, um, discipline, all that other good stuff. Accountability. Yeah. So during that time period at all, was there ever a moment uh, I know you're a libertarian now, but was there ever a moment where you're like, life is really tough. There should be someone in some powerful position to make this not so hard. Um, and, and like, you know, like almost everyone, we all go through those similar struggle struggles, maybe not a parent dying, but there's several struggles that people go through, be it, um, you know, sexual assault or, a divorce or uh, losing a parent, something like that. Was there ever a moment where you're like, you know, even, even as a young kid, it's possible and there's nothing wrong with it, that, that somebody in some certain position should, you know, not allow that to happen? Uh, yes. So I think I was around 17. I was still in high school and my mom lost the job that she was currently in. Mm. and we were tight on bills at that time so she lost her job at probably the worst possible time that she did and that was just and uh, unemployment wasn't paying enough for us to keep the house up luckily we have a, a family friend who is pretty well off who helped us out a lot but before that i did wish that there was like a i guess like a big brother to kind of help out with payments and stuff yeah, I think a lot of people, I, it's definitely understandable that people would, would go into that. It's super interesting to me that you went through that kind of a struggle and still came out on the other end, you know, not not thinking that the the big brother government should be there to, to take care of people all the time, even yeah. after seeing uh, your family struggle. Do you think that that's maybe what led to your sister being along the political lines that, that she is? Possibly. I could see it. 
but I think it's more of the typical, oh, what I see on social media is true. I don't research anything because I, I sometimes I'll challenge her on some stuff and she'll have no idea what I'm talking about. Yeah. So social media can be uh, a good thing and a, and a really bad thing. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> definitely. Um, so you, you know, it seems like your mom definitely worked her butt off after all that went on. And, um, did that, did that carry over into the, into you? Do you feel like you worked really hard on something? I mean, obviously you went into the Marines and that's pretty, pretty tough work, you know, and now you're doing HVAC and things like that. So I, I, I know I definitely got my work ethic from, from my parents. I had a very different situation, but I, my parents were divorced and I saw my mom struggle my, my whole life. So mm-hmm. I, but I also didn't come out thinking that other people should should be forced to take care of us. You said you had a friend, yeah, a family friend that was helping out. It's 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 good to hear someone who wasn't forced to help uh, actually came in and helped. Uh, I I wish there were that person for everyone that's in that type of situation. That you know sometimes yeah. there isn't. Uh, do you think that people making sure that we all uh, do what we can for charity and all that is, is, uh, you know, just helping people out when they need it, it would be a really important thing and getting people to not just want the big government to do everything. Uh, if it's all voluntary, sure. Uh, but the idea of someone forcing another person to help another person out doesn't fly with me anymore. Yeah. It kind of, it kind (laughs) of takes away, it kind of, kind of takes away all the good part of it. You know, yeah, exactly. if someone's forced to do it, there's there's not really anything good coming from it. It's just it's just force. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, and the, you know, a um, a Christian principle. I know you said you went to church a little bit. Is you, you know, even if you give everything away, if you do it without love, what does it what does it even mean? You know, if you gain the whole world without love or or lose your soul in the process, what's it all worth? Um, and and that's the um, I think that's the difference between like the forcing of kindness versus, uh, freely giving. It's like even, um, I mean, try it with your relationships, you know, like if (laughs) you try to make someone be nice to you, are they really nice to you or are they just doing it because you want them to do it? And, and what, how does that make you feel? Um, you know, it doesn't feel good when somebody only does something because, because you've forced them, so to speak, to do it. it. It doesn't come from a place of natural voluntary giving. can definitely agree with that. That's, I mean, I got some of my viewpoints from a religious standpoint, but I would say most of it is from what my parents believed in and then slowly watching or getting more into politics and seeing that, oh, it's not really what it is. I was instilled in believing in like a super small minimalist government with like almost zero intervention in someone's life. And then just doing my research and just seeing that's not what government does or what conservatives are about anymore. If you could, if you had the ability or the money to help like a, a one group of people, that it were in a specific situation. It, just say you were going to donate money to a charity and it would solve that that problem. What do you think you would pick? Oof. 
Um, personally, it would probably be more along the line of veterans with PTSD. Because I do donate when I can quite a bit to like um to veterans who like uh what's what's the what's the term what are the dogs um oh the uh, they're like therapy dogs the, uh... yes yes therapy dogs mm-hmm. and I actually donated recently to uh to a liberty like minded friend um on Instagram who I've been following for quite a while and I've in uh interacted with him a little bit and uh he made a story about um how him and his wife can't even go out to eat anymore because he thinks everything's a threat loud Mm. uh, loud noises scare him and trigger his uh, ptsd so i i did donate quite a bit to him to get a therapy dog because i they are expensive the point there is we all do i think have groups of people that we do want to help Right. Like we yeah. don't we don't only care about ourselves when when mm-hmm. we do have the ability, we can and will go out there and and help people. And yeah. and I think that that is a really important thing for people to to realize. And, you know, when you think that the better economic situation we are all in, the more people would take care in some kind of little way of a group like that that's that's helping someone you know um and that uh, my hope would be that we wouldn't have to rely on the hoping the government buys veterans some type of ptsd <laughs> you know therapy uh yeah. animals you know mm-hmm. um, and so there's there's little things like that where you could show you know, people will take care of this problem right I just keep going back to your sister because it's so interesting. Charlie has the same thing, you know, talking to his brother. Um, it's it's like when you talk about the free market, it's almost like you're just talking about this, like you're putting all of your hopes and and all of all of your hopes and dreams in this thing that's magically gonna pop up and take <laughs> care of everything, you know. Yeah. But it doesn't really seem uh, any crazier uh, than hoping that the right people are going to be in control of the government and that they're going to take care of everything perfectly. You know? Exactly. So, yeah. uh, so it's cool to hear, you know, what people would do if they were going to be donating money to, to some kind of a charity. So speaking of what the government's going to do, like what would you like to see the government doing? <laughs> if anything, well, in a magical place, <laughs> I would, I would love them to Descale every department that they have. That would be a an excellent starting point, in my opinion. Uh, like and the DOE, uh, DOT, definitely go to the ATF. That's then every every libertarian wants oh, yeah. that. Go on. Yeah. Um. What's it? Department of um. Health Department of Food, the Health and Human Services. Um, yes. The, yeah. Every, honestly, just every department should just get descaled. Yeah. 
Well, they're not. That's what I would want to see. You said you cared about, you know, you were a constitutionalist there for a bit, and the departments yeah. don't, don't seem very constitutional. You know, no, definitely not. not. I don't remember them written into the Constitution <laughs> very nope. much. You know, we don't vote for the people who run those things. Exactly. You know, right. They just get to do. We vote for the people who appoint those people for their own personal interests. That's how I see it. So is that what you see as kind of the biggest, one of the biggest issues inside the government, or all of the, the bureaucracies, all the 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 unelected bureaucrats out there running stuff? Yep. Oh, you see, uh, I see it. You see it in the military too. That's mm -hmm. one of the biggest reasons that sped it up. Is oh, you have to act a certain way. They treat certain NCOs over other NCOs because of their beliefs. Um, definitely see some racists in there. That's for sure. <laughs> um, it's just the whole thing where they just try to manipulate you into thinking a certain way. Like I know they're very, I mean, I mean it depends. Most of the bigger people, like generals that have brass, they try to push like, oh, see how amazing the system is. We should implement it into society. I'm like, no thanks. <laughs> like, uh, you know, you kind of had to wipe everyone's brains clean to a clean slate to be able to get half the people to follow some of that stuff. <laughs> a lot know? of them do. That's yeah. just, I, I've seen a lot of people completely like 180 on their political views just from being in the military from like conservative to like full-blown socialist. It's crazy. Yeah. My, my brother just finished his six years in the Marines and he's definitely uh, jumping on the libertarian train for sure. Um, yeah. He was a lot more conservative and I don't think it was really, the, I think it's, probably has a lot to do with him listening to my podcast all the time, honestly, because um, he does listen, he does listen to it all the time. And, that, and, and so I think that has a lot to do with it, but uh, I always think that being, being around, I mean, when you're in the Marines, right. I mean, they own you, right. The, the military yeah. owns you like legally. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> How does that feel when you, when you get in there and you sign that paperwork, you're like, Oh, I guess I just signed away my life. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. I think the, I thought it was pretty bad then, but when I got discharged, when I finally left the base for good, they still owned me for an extra day after, which was pretty crazy. Wow. Yeah. So I was civilian, completely at home doing everything, and technically until the end of that next day, they still owned me. Huh. Yeah, it was weird. Interesting. That was yeah, I was like, I'm not, I'm not ever reenlisting, and I'm gonna talk everyone that I can out of joining. Yeah. Why did you join the Marines? What made you want to do that? Um, well, back then I was like a conservative. Thought, oh yeah, big police, big military, military is badass. Yeah, <laughs> I want to do that. <laughs> yeah, America. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> what what's it? What was it like growing up? you know mostly conservative in in los angeles oh it's, it's weird probably a, one of the few <laughs> yeah. i would say and the proud um actually um it was weird because i actually grew up in one of the only two conservative cities in la or towns in la so it was, I guess, normal from a dating perspective 
it wasn't too bad because there's actually a lot of conservatives in my town. Like my neighbor up and my neighbor down are both voting for Trump. I think three neighbors up completely all in a row are voting for Trump. Hmm. So, uh, so there's like kind of different, um, I guess you would say, areas of L.A. that mm-hmm. that are are huge Trump fans or maybe big conservatives or big Republicans. Yeah. So, so you didn't really feel out of place, so to speak, at least in your own neighborhood. Yes. Uh, but I mean, I have friends who live in different cities. Because I played soccer all around LA when I was growing up, so I'd hang out with them and just going to parties and just hanging out with their friend groups. And politics comes up, and at the time I was just like, "Holy shit, I don't fit in here." Yeah, because I don't. I think out of all of my other friend groups, I think I have like two or three other friend groups in other parts of LA. I think I'm. Back then, I was the only Trump supporter. Yeah. So would you say you so would you say you view your friends any differently because they have different no. political beliefs than you do? Definitely not. Have you so, lost any friends or relationships with family and everything because of political beliefs? Um, no. I mean I've a few uh f- I I wouldn't really say friends, more acquaintances. Um Facebook friends. Because of it. <laughs> Base, basically <laughs> Instagram friends. Yeah. That I've that I've met a few times, I've gotten blocked by a few of them. He, he's um, younger, Nate. They don't. They don't. Yeah, sorry. Young kids don't. I might as well said MySpace. Anything. You know, yeah, <laughs> right? Hey, I had a MySpace. Yeah. So. <laughs> the younger um, generations, they're on. They're on Instagram. Charlie's still mad oh, yeah. I didn't put him in my top eight. You know, so. Right. <laughs> Jeez, I remember that. Yeah. God. Um. Yeah, a few of them who were. I honestly want to say we're on the brink of being communist just by – it actually happened after I uh, transitioned to libertarianism, not so much conservative with the whole um, Antifa burning down private property. That got me pretty pissed, so obviously I put some stuff on my Instagram story. Some people didn't agree with it. And they wouldn't even message me to like, oh, let's have a debate about this. They just full-on blocked me, <laughs> which I thought was interesting. Hmm. Yeah, it it seems like maybe there is a little bit less tolerance from that side of the yes. political spectrum. You know, Definitely. There's probably a higher likelihood that they were going to block you because you said you shouldn't burn down people's private property than, than you were going to block them because you thought it because they thought it was awesome or something like that, you know, Yeah. you still would maybe want to hear their ideas or what they, how they thought about it in some kind of way. So you could figure mm-hmm. out, so you could figure out what was wrong. <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> It's just, you know, have you seen a big issue with the tolerance like that? Like the, Oh I yeah. Mean, what? I mean, I've seen it for years, especially mostly coming from the left side of the political aisle. I mean, I've seen it from the right as well, but most of it's from the left, from what I've seen. Yeah, that kind of that kind of makes me scared for where we're gonna go, you know, as as a country. If if you can't handle, uh, you know, a other different people opinion. having different opinions, yeah, you know, <laughs> so, which is why we're trying to do this series right now. Is that's good. Trying to get that out, you know, that's that's kind of the idea. But yeah, it's you know it's way easier online just to 
block somebody or exactly or you know think that they're less of a human because they believe things that are different than you do mm-hmm. um and you know i think it's interesting be you know because you have a socialist sister and i a brother uh my older brother he claims to be a libertarian socialist now uh, and that's because like he he hates police um, and some of the things the government does, um, but then also thinks the government should control other aspects. Um, and it's, you know, it's interesting the more we, we talk, but you know, I don't think my brother's a bad person. Oh yeah, um, of course. And I think that's uh, the, the one thing we're starting to see nowadays is if you disagree with someone on how a problem should be solved because at the end of the day, I think we're all trying to solve problems uh, because we have a lot of them either personally or societally. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and we have different ways of how we think those problems should be solved. Like, you know, LA has a huge homelessness uh, problem. Oh yes. How do you solve that problem? (laughs) Right. And you have uh, different people from different walks of life who think different solutions and, um, but I, I feel like we're coming up on an age, at least it feels this way to me, where uh, if you have a different way of solving that problem, then uh, somehow you're a monster. And that goes for either side. I mean, I've seen several Republicans uh, online, especially say, um, oh, you're just a demon rat. You know, shut up. You don't know what you're talking about. You're I've a, been you called know. a commie. A commie. Right. I've been called both. I mean, yeah. I'm a libertarian, so I've been called yeah. like a commie. Beauty of being a libertarian. Right. I mean, oh, yeah. yeah. And I've been called a you know a right wing extremist. Yeah. Um, so I've been called both sides of the aisle, and so it's just I just find that. Um, well, if it wasn't a little bit scary, I would say I find it fascinating how, especially on the online world, we've become so disconnected from. Um, from people because like my brother, I still see him as a person who, um, who wants just to like you, he wants a family. He wants to be able to live and work and, and make memories and afford to go on vacation and, um, you know, be safe in in his house and his friends be safe. Um, so I see like, he wants the same things that I do. Um, I just have to, you know, help them get there the right way. (laughs) Yep, exactly. Do you have any strategies or way of tackling any of these problems that you can clue us in on? (laughs) I mean, what I try to do is reference how this hasn't worked in history and why we're still doing it today or why this hasn't worked in history and you want to recreate it and do it again when it's been proven it doesn't work. That's where I try to base most of my debates slash arguments on. Um, and for some reason, my mom, I could I can kind of see my mom starting to take black pill a little bit. Definitely not my sister. She's just super intolerant. Every time I bring up politics, she tells me she, she <laughs> just doesn't want to talk about it. Um, but yeah, I think referencing history and um, bringing it down to a humane level as well. Uh, I think that could work. Yeah, I think, you know, I'm sure a lot of the responses you get from talking about history is going to, you know, you said you know a lot of people who might just be straight up communists. And of course, they don't think that they're going to be Joseph Stalin or anything or that they're going to be Mao 
or Pol Pot or anyone like this, it it's different this time. You know, where exactly. the, the problem with with those communist countries was that they were ran by terrible people. You know? Yeah. And and so if we just have it and we have in Milton Freeman's terms, you know, angels running the place, well then our communism is gonna be great. Right. God. It's and it yeah. sounds, you know, that it's kind of laughable, right? Like that mm-hmm. that's what you're relying on. Sure. Yep. Communism mm-hmm. with Joseph Stalin running it leads to millions of people dying. But my communism with my angels that I'm gonna vote in <laughs> and I'll make sure God. Even though Donald Trump is president right now, I'm gonna guarantee you for the rest of your life that I'm gonna have angels in office running the government. Jeez. Even though I couldn't get my angel in the last time. That there's always going to be an angel running the government, and and so we need complete government control. I mean, it sounds a little too good to be true, doesn't it? Yeah. And the other thing I would Only. say is, why do we limit ourselves to you know our let's say our borders? Because you look around the world, let's say the median income around the world is ten thousand dollars a year. And so wouldn't you say that someone making, you know. 36 or 40 or $50,000 a year is rich compared to <laughs> when you're making four or five, six times. If we're going to tax the rich, are you not part of the rich? Um, and a lot of times people are like, oh, well, it's not me. It's the, you know, it's the millionaires and billion, the people making more than me. Yeah. So then you, you really try to drive down or, or take that, you know, that idea all the way to conclusion and, you know, why are we putting certain boxes around certain areas if if we're not going to follow that ideology all the way through? And it's, you know, are human beings in Africa any different than human beings in America? Uh, you know, why why aren't we being taxed to help them? I give my 30 bucks a month to uh, Care International to send care packages over the over the Africa, you know? That's, if I'm going to help, I guess, kind of what Charlie just said, you got to start with the people that need the most help, <laughs> the help the most, that whole conversation, you know, I don't know if that's something that will work on anyone that you know, but it's, you know, a lot of people that say you're an open border person, you don't think that the countries really matter, you think that we're all a worldwide humans and that people really need a lot of help, like like what Charlie said, I mean, why, why take money from the rich people in the U.S. to give to the rich people in the U.S.? You know, mm-hmm. why why aren't we all being taxed to give money to to a country in Africa? Do you think that do you think anyone you know would respond like why why do you need help more so than some person in another country? That's that seems yeah. kind of elitist. <laughs> a little bit, you know? Yeah. Uh personally actually I found it easier to talk to more of the conservatives to try to get them I I guess on board, but try to get them more aware of what the government's like, what the government actually is, instead of bootlicking. You think conservatives are closer to being brought over to libertarianism than liberals? Some of them. The I could see the ones were that kind of like how I was more of the constitutionalist conservatives. It's a lot easier, but the ones that are, in my opinion, like full on authoritarian. Big Daddy government is good. Have that have Blue Lives Matter in their bios. Yeah. Um, 
those are the ones that I I've not been able to budge. Maybe on the Second Amendment, I've gotten them to budge a little bit, telling them like, "Yo, like Trump's worse than Obama." <laughs> like, yeah. technically, <laughs> yeah, you know? technically right. he is. Yeah. Um, I've gotten them to like kind of open their eyes to libertarianism a little bit by that, but it's just the whole like, "Oh, legalized drugs and the Fed." It's the stuff like, oh, taxes are the price we pay for a civilized society. They're still on that page. Yeah. Now it's taxes are the price we pay to rebuild the buildings we let people burn down <laughs> when they're really yep. mad. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. What, do you, what do you think it is that, you know, other human beings think that they know what's better for other human beings? What do you think that comes from? And honestly, I think that's on both sides. I mean, I think, you know, big it government is. Republicans believe that they can legislate morality and they know what's what's better for people and it's like obviously drugs are bad like if you're shooting exactly, up heroin yeah. all day like you're not going to be much of a person but um why do you think you know on both sides and then the, you know the the left leaning side is you know we we believe that we can provide a better you know a better basic living um and we know how to manage your money better than you do and set you up for retirement and all these different types of things. Why do you think uh, that is? Do, do we just not have enough belief in each other as human beings? Is there not enough encouragement is um, why do we think we're control? Maybe, you know, right. Why do we think we want to control others safety? Um, I mean, for the political elites, obviously it's power, but when you go down to more like, citizens honestly now to where we are this like currently in my opinion now it's kind of like oh like a this is what we think is better our government would be better fuck you what you think kind of thing that's what honestly what i think it is like the whole uh conservatives like oh we're gonna push pro-life on everybody that's in my opinion i guess i could say i'm more pro-life but I don't think the government should enforce it on everybody. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's a difficult one to try and run down with people. There's, I mean, I don't know if that's a problem we're ever going to solve, you know, that I think we'll be arguing about it forever. I mean, like everything, I I don't think we're ever just going to get somewhere and, and be, and just be there. I would hope that someday it would be so obvious that we don't need the good, that we don't want a government so powerful. It can give you everything, which of course means it can take it all away. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's crazy because, I mean, government's exerting a lot of force right now, and even the people on the left are pissed about it, but they just don't see that the government's the problem, not the people. In charge of it, right. Exactly, yeah. It's what it's they're like They're, they're creating of. all of this, this, these problems that we're having right now, the racial divide and all this other stuff. They're creating it, but you're just blaming the other side, which causes the other side to push back. And now both sides, in my opinion, have gotten so radical. It's getting pretty crazy. What are your thoughts on the what's going on among the along the racial lines with Black Lives Matter and all that? Yes, obviously, um, protest police brutality because it's a thing, and there are racist cops. There's going to be, there's always going to be racist people. There's no changing that. Um, it's just humanity. And then the, con- on the from the conservative side. They're backing. I don't. It's, it's, for some reason now, it just seems like it's flipped. The conservatives want the bigger government than the than the liberals and socialists do. It's pretty weird. So it's more on a 
on a case-by-case basis. There's no principle yeah, in the matter. Literally, there's no consistency. Yeah. But the whole thing right now, I just think the whole thing's a shit show. Both sides are going at it. I think it's going to, whether we like it or not, it's going to get pretty violent from what I'm seeing. Yeah. Do you, do you have any hopes for uh, this election uh, going through and being a nice, clean election and everything not, just being not. peaceful in the streets? <laughs> definitely not. <laughs> Um, there's all there's obviously voting fraud on both ends. That's I think it's from what I've done my little research. It's been a problem for a while now. I know for a fact, like Orange Orange County in California, always been red. And then I think it was like 30 years ago. It was in the 90s or 80s. They brought in voting by mail, and then immediately county that's been red for decades just flipped completely blue do you think we're actually going to get a fair election this time do you think we're actually going to know what the votes are no definitely not both sides are going to harvest and do the ballot thing like you 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 probably heard about the elon omar thing Mm -hmm. yeah that's even big politicians are paying for it (laughs) or people her supporters are paying for it it's obviously going to be a lot bigger on like a presidential scale and there's not really stopping people from doing that because it's quote it's not harvesting. I don't know about all at a federal level, but I know in California it's legal. So I mean, there's not really going to be stopping the coercion on that level. What do you think the danger is? Uh, you know, long term, when we get into a situation where we just literally can't trust the outcome of our elections. You know, I, I feel like that. Obviously, you know, you you could say. I don't really know what happened in the last election. It was obviously Trump lost the popular vote and the Democrats have been, seems like they've been doing whatever they can to reject the outcome of that election the whole time. Um, Do you see that getting worse and worse every single election cycle? Yes. From what I see, I think the left is a little more radical with that. So if they do come into power, maybe change some laws around to make mail-in voting a permanent thing so a bunch of fraud can occur and then there's never ever going to be another republican president and then who knows we might have a civil war i don't really see a bright outlook yeah in the very near future (laughs) of this country sadly but that's obviously that's not what you want right like i mean no definitely you you don't want a civil war no definitely not but, I mean, I see more of this from the libertarian side. Um, if the government does push that kind of violence, I guess we have to not not so much match it, but push back on their violence. Someone's going to have to fight back eventually. Yeah. <laughs> and I see, obviously, more of the libertarian side being the, the most pro-small government, pro-constitution, pro-constitutional party there is to push back first and the hardest. Do you think do you think more people are going to start to lean that direction, or it'll take As, something like a civil war for that to happen? I some people will wake up. I'm not going to say everybody. Most likely, not very many people on the left because it's what they want. They want a big government. But on the right, I could see some people waking up to the point where it's it's it starts to flood in, and it becomes more of a 
even if not a libertarian party, like an like an official constitutionalist conservative party, not this current conservative party who believes in like crony capitalism. Yeah, we even met some people at a Joe Jorgensen rally who voted for Trump in 2016, and then um, it, it, he wasn't the drain the swamp kind of guy they thought he was going to be. And, exactly. and now they're supporting uh, Jorgensen. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see how she does this election. I obviously don't think she's going to win. That's my hope, but that is, um, I don't care what Obama says. There's nothing good about hope. <laughs> <laughs> Hope's never good. But, so she's, you know, she's not going to win. Um, I'm interested to see how she does this cycle um, just considering the political divide that we do have. And as far as third parties are concerned, albeit uh, still really small, the Libertarian Party, I think, has the most recognition, so to speak. You know, I've seen a lot of my conservative friends, the number one thing they say is, oh, I wish she was pro-life. And um, what I've been saying to them is like, yeah, I wish the Republicans were too. Because they have yet to defund oh, yes. parenthood. Yep. So so why do you keep voting for the same people that still haven't done what you want them to do? This because they mm-hmm. say they're going to? Yeah. Um, hey Joe so would at I, least defund Planned Parenthood. Right. Uh, at least on the government <laughs> side. You know, yeah, from, yeah. Yeah, from a government perspective. Yeah. Because most things would be defunded. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. And that and I see the um them not being pro life kind of on a different level of them being pro like pointless endless wars yeah i also see it from that view that point of view as well so it's i'm just saying like oh you preach this all lives matter and you're pro-life but you don't really practice what you preach except for brown people what about what about a million people in iraq you know what exactly what about those people (laughs) that their lives matter five million people displaced in syria probably more somewhere around there do you think there's a higher likelihood that we'll move more towards libertarianism and the libertarian party doing well or do you think that the republican party will start will there'll be a bit of a free market aspect where the republican party realizes they have to cater to libertarians to get some of that vote i mean if from i i say yes and no the no aspect of it is the people on the left who are transferring or converting over to republican either they don't really know what the libertarian party is because we do hold some left values and the yes part is i say if libertarians try to direct trying to black pill more um conservatives and liberals i could see that being more successful because i guess they're supposed they try it they say they believe in small government but and then when you kind of like prove to them that the republican party isn't small government they're more willing to look into libertarianism and maybe convert yeah that's kind of been the hope with our podcast honestly we've ran all of our advertising we've ran um has been towards conservatives because I always say there's one thing we know about libertarians, which they're they're libertarians already, and that's great. So I'm glad that they are. But there's a lot of people I think that could be libertarians someday. And yeah. like we were talking about earlier, I think 
I think Republicans are a little bit closer to being able to be converted over to that because there is a there is at least an underlying belief of individualism, even though they don't act it out properly, they don't yeah. legislate it properly, but there they'll at least speak to the constitution and individualism and small government and that's that saying those things is at least a step in the right it's a more of a step in that direction than someone who's on the left that they, they wouldn't even say that kind of stuff so uh you know I, my hope is that we can actually convert some some people that you know do you do you know a lot of people that are thinking about leaving at, at all have you do you know anyone that's talked about leaving because of what's going on I'm, with the state me and my mom are because my sister moved out with her friend um pretty recently and me and my mom are trying to move to montana actually oh nice i love nice. montana so nice mm -hmm. out there yeah cold, i love it cold in the winter times oh yeah it's beautiful it is yeah that's one of my favorite places when we were traveling around montana was always my favorite place to drive through because the scenery is just amazing that is a long drive down 90 though it's a long yeah, it's a, big state. it's a pretty wide state. Yeah, it's a, it's a pretty state. wide state. <laughs> <laughs> it, uh, but man, it's a it's a it's a really nice place to go through. I mean, and you've seen people like, you know, you think pe people leaving like, you know, Joe Rogan just left and Ben Shapiro just announced yeah. he's leaving too. And do you think people like that are gonna trigger even more of a an exodus from the state? Hopefully, it's it's definitely going to be the people moving from blue states. I, I don't know. It might take a while because they might leave the blue state and then vote blue again in a red state and see that state turn into a shithole and realize and then realize, oh, this is what they do. Yeah, could be generations <laughs> before that. That's yeah, actually literally. found out. You know, <laughs> literally. What do you personally think about people who hold the other ideologies? Do you think? Do you think? negatively towards them or do you see them as people that want to fix a problem and they just have the wrong way of doing it yeah definitely they want to fix it but just have a different way of doing it i mean i i, I guess i wouldn't say that's the problem with some libertarians but <laughs> a lot of libertarians fight with each other whether commies are real people or not and i think it's <laughs> hilarious that is i mean <laughs> You can laugh at it, even if it's not a great long-term strategy. <laughs> <You know? laughs> definitely. But yeah, definitely. I, I Obviously, after you, everybody is the same. They just have different ways of approaching the end goal of basically long-term peace and happiness in the country. I think the, you know, do you see a difference in the sides though? Like if I were to say, yeah, we all the same, same goals, but there's only some people who literally want to put a guillotine in front of someone's house and kill them uh, because they're rich, you know, like there's, <laughs> yeah. you know, so, I mean, I, I feel the same way you do about uh, people. They want to fix a problem, but at what extent do you say, okay, you want to fix a problem, but um, this is too far. We can't kill people because they're rich. So I know you want to fix a problem, but um, yeah, we can't allow this to happen. You yeah, can't. it's that type, and um, you, I th you may have seen the tweet. I think it was the former CEO of Twitter. Um, he tweeted something along the lines of he wants to – he was talking to some gun owner, and he said, oh, after the revolution, you're going to be one of the first pe people to get 
were first people among the gun owners to get executed. I'm just like, Jesus, <laughs> that's kind of harsh, especially because he was talking all this shit about capitalism and he's, his net worth is in the hundreds of millions. I just think it's hysterical. I can't remember yeah. what. And you know, he would never say that if he was having a beer with the guy. Oh, definitely not. No, that's the thing. definitely not. Man, it's it's cool to talk to someone who um, definitely went through a really tough situation and could have came out very differently from it, thinking that the that people should be forced to help anyone who's in a bad situation. Um, that you know that that anyone who has too much is is evil and has taken it from anyone. Because look at what I went through with my mom and and all that. You know, people can easily go that way, and. Uh, so it's good to good to talk to someone who didn't go that way and I think we have to pinpoint you know more people like you who did who had the opportunity to move that direction and what what was it that mm-hmm. that didn't move you towards that and what kept you from going there so that's kind of what we're trying to what we're trying to learn about people because this is a long term this is going to be a long term fight that we're in here and it is. Uh, it's going to take a lot of understanding why people feel the way they feel about things and what led them to being like that. And how did people who also went through those terrible things, um, not come out like that. And like I've been told before online, when I mentioned the fact that I grew up in a trailer park with my mom, uh, that I was lying because uh, there's no way I would have the political beliefs I have if that were true. You know, you know what I mean? Like, oh, if you actually grew up in a trailer park with your mom, a single mom who took you back and forth to her college classes while she was trying to go to college, like you wouldn't be a libertarian. So you're lying. (laughs) You know, I've literally been told that before. Yeah. Yeah. Can you name like the, the main thing that kept you from going in that direction when you went through all of that? I had a Austrian minded econ teacher. In high school? Yeah. Lucky SOB. Nice. <laughs> and he, now I didn't really know much about politics and still, or econ, economics really, and still he started, and started bashing communism. I was like, oh, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he more talked about, he did talk a lot about free markets from what I remember, but I remember that shaping my, like solidifying my view, like, yo, like communism just does not work. Socialism does not work on an econ, just like a standard of living. Even a human aspect, aspect you know. Ex- yes, yeah. yeah. That brings up a very interesting point that has me thinking it's possible. Uh, you know, they're teaching so much Milton Keynes. Um, <laughs> My favorite. I, but but honestly, I think like, you know, teaching uh, the consumption side and the Keynesian style of economics in, um, in our, in our high schools or even college level. Um, you know, you have people who go to college who come out with those views and they're much more uh, staunch about them. I wonder if that has something to do with it. Like it has to play some type of role, um, in how, uh, folks can be so ardent in their beliefs to the other side. Um, yeah. And, and even my brother, I mean, he he was always kind of progressive, but I would have considered him kind of middle of the road type of Democrat. And then he went to school. Um, he just graduated a couple of years ago. And uh, I mean, 
came out just staunch socialist. Mm-hmm. Like a tattoo actually, of Bernie me, Sanders on his ass, you know, just right yeah. there. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> you actually gave me a... Uh, Carl Carl Marx's uh, De Capital book for Christmas like two years ago. Wow, <laughs> that's yeah. pretty funny. Yeah, actually. Wow, yeah. No, I can I can definitely vouch for that. Uh, doing HVAC, I've worked at um, a middle school, which is it's a middle school. Think keep that in mind, not like a college, where in like the administration office, like where the front desk is and everything, they have signs saying this is like a safe space. BLM plastered everywhere, uh, pictures of Barack Obama, <laughs> where they have the presidents lined up on the top. Everyone's there but Trump. <laughs> wow. Wow. It's it's almost – it's a middle school. And I, at practic- I think every classroom that I walked into had some sort of like I guess you could say leftist propaganda inside of it, if that's what you want to call it. Hmm. Um, like quotes from Michelle Obama. I can I can just definitely see it from the classrooms that I've been in. There, they there's a lot of political slogans everywhere in each classroom, like pinned up, like in the front of the teacher's desk to where everyone can see it. Hmm. It's it's it was pretty, on in my opinion, disgusting because I don't believe the state should be in charge of education. Mm-hmm. But. And same thing as we're doing a college at the moment um, in the same city, and it's in, it's in every classroom as well. Yeah, and I saw that with the uh, you know the pan- this pandemic, um, you know, I wasn't allowed to have an opinion because I wasn't educated. Like I don't have a college <laughs> degree, so yeah. I was just like that. How can I not have an opinion just because I didn't get a piece of paper from a certain institution? Um, because it doesn't mean that I'm not educated. I'm just not educated in the traditional sense. Um, it's kind of like how you're going to your trade school just to get a piece of paper, really. You know, yeah, you already know probably most of what they're talking about. Yeah, I do. You need a you need a piece of paper though <laughs> that, <laughs> that says it. Probably definitely yep. for LA. <laughs> oh, I, there's like there's four different certifications that I need. Wow. Yeah a lot yeah i've installed a lot of hvac stuff in people's houses and i i I mean i had a youtube education you know (laughs) nashville is very relaxed about that kind of stuff (laughs) yeah so my the my current teacher says youtube if you if you need to look up something look literally just look it up on youtube they have the answers for everything on youtube yeah (laughs) just watch multiple because the first one you go to the person might be an idiot Oh, yeah, completely. <laughs> so it's very possible. All right. Um, Get a swath of education. Yeah. Pull the audience <laughs> a little bit on that one. Um, all right, man. Well, we're going to wrap this up. Is there anything else you think that needs to be said about what's going on right now? Are you, how you, you know, became the person that you are or how you feel on the politics? Like, what's your, what's your final word on this? Um, I guess it could be advice because I follow a few, um, Austrian, like, or liberty minded Austrian economists on like Instagram. And 
from what they're saying right now is I believe we had the worst quarterly GDP loss or drop since 1928. Mm -hmm. And they're just saying prepare. Yeah. Invest in gold if you have to. Um, prepare resources, food, ammo, whatever. Because I honestly have no idea what's – no one knows what's going to happen from here on out. I mean, what people don't realize, we talked about the GDP thing a lot. Um, the uh, the government gets its money from production in the economy. That's a, that's how it gets its money. And it's going to be collecting a percentage of whatever the GDP is. And when you, mm -hmm. shut, when you shut down production, um, you're not going to collect much money. But also, we've more than doubled the amount of money that we're spending. Um, exactly. And we've... <laughs> heavily decrease the amount of money that's going to come in in taxes um there's no way that they can that that can last there's no way that no. can happen mm -hmm. without uh, hyperinflation exactly you know, that's that's what you're going to head towards and that's you know that's cool to hear that 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 seems like you know if that's your final word on it it's um it's really hyperinflation which is something i never thought about until i just heard ron paul talking about it a lot but um that's really the biggest enemy of everyone and you can't get away from it. There's, mm -hmm. there's nothing you can do about it once it, once it's there, except for having some kind of sound money policy, you know, yeah. that's, that's all you can do. You can't live printing fake money for forever. Mm -hmm. And um, who was it? He's uh he was on um, Rogan's po podcast. Um, Peter Schiff. Yes, yeah. he explains it very well. Yeah, mm -hmm. he was the guy that who went to um, Wall Street during the yep during the protests his, back uh, in two thousand eight two thousand nine. His dad died in prison uh, for refusing to pay income taxes. He uh, wow, put in I didn't prison know that. And his dad died in prison, so that yeah, he's a good person to listen to on that on that stuff. I try to I try to listen to him every so often. <laughs> Just it was just like the I think uh, I forgot the guy's name. You had him on um, a few podcasts ago. Who travels internationally? Oh, Mikel uh, Thorup, that uh, from the expat. Yes, uh, money show. Yeah, yeah very I mean, interesting. It is. Mm -hmm. Charlie's uh, Charlie's looking up how to how to legally not pay taxes. <laughs> so yeah. lose a lot of money on property and do what Trump did. Yeah. <laughs> there right. you go. Just fall for bankruptcy, you roll over yep. all your losses and build you know, shit. And yeah, just just keep investing more money and write it off. Right. <laughs> yep. Or lose money and write it off. However you want to do yep. it. Hey, the system's there. I definitely think it's okay to use it. Definitely. To not pay taxes. I, I applaud right. anyone who can find a way to not pay taxes. Exactly. <laughs> all right. Well, John, it was uh it was really great talking to you. Really appreciate you uh sharing your story and and having a conversation with us. Yeah, thank you. I enjoyed my time being on here. You guys enjoyed this episode of the Rehumanizing Project from Good Morning Liberty. Please hit subscribe. There will be a new episode every Sunday when we want to. And of course, please join our Patreon at patreon.com slash goodmorningliberty. You can get this episode on Friday instead of Sunday and join our podcast live every single day of the week. Until next time, have a good day and a good morning, Liberty.